Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show is a little bit of a tough one because it is one of the most original, strange movies of the year. It is High Life from director Claire Denis, starring Robert Pattinson, Juliette Binoche, Mia Goth. And uh, this is a very, very crazy movie, one that I've been looking forward to posting this episode for a while now. We actually recorded this episode back when it was in theaters, planned on, you know, holding it off until the VOD release because not enough people were going to be able to see it in theaters. And then it wasn't supposed to come out till July, and all of a sudden, there it is. It's on VOD. So you can go watch it now if you haven't yet. You definitely should, although I don't really know if spoilers would really mess you up too much with this one. This is a, a an experience movie, and so I think you'll enjoy it. Well, okay, I should stop myself right there. I don't know if you'll enjoy it, because this is definitely not a movie for everybody, but it is a great movie, and it is uh, absolutely crazy and something to be seen. So you should go watch it, whether you enjoy it or not. Then you should listen to this episode. My co-host for the episode is returning co-host B. Garner, uh, from Filmotomy and a whole bunch of other uh, online sources, film critic. Uh, I am glad to have her back on the show again, and we got a great conversation for you. So uh, before we get into it, I do want to remind you, as always, to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You could also find us on social media at PiecingPod, join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and if you like what you hear on the show, you know, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and even better than that, because, you know, I, I don't care about Apple Podcasts. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be the cool thing to do. It's what, you know, every podcast asks for, you know, but what I really would love, you know, if you like this show, I'd love it if you just share it with people, because I want more people to hear this show. So share away, and that would be so cool. So let's get into this conversation about High Life. <laughs> All right, so back with us on the show again is B Garner. B, thank you so much for being here. Hi, um, thank you very much for inviting me back on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have 
another A24 film to talk about, actually, <laughs> which, I mean, you, you're um, you going to be here for a bunch of A24 films, I guess, going forward, maybe. We'll see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> That's yeah, fine with so me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, High Life is absolutely a, uh, definitely going to be a weird one for us to talk about. I mean, this movie, uh, I, I walked out of it myself just kind of, I knew I liked it immediately. I was like, oh yeah, this, I, I dig this, but I really didn't know exactly what to make of it uh, for certainly the first, like, I don't know, few hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, maybe still right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but it's a weird one. That's for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a really hard film to sort of process at mm-hmm. the time. Like, like you say, you come out and you're just like, what did I watch? <laughs> and it, you, uh, it's kind of been haunting my dreams as well. Like it's definitely a film that I just feel like I can't shake off. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that that is as completely, completely warranted. Um, one thing I'd like to get out of the way before we jump into puzzle pieces is an admission, and that is I have not seen any of Claire Denis' other films. Um, were, were you very, uh, uh, versed in her films before this Oh my one? gosh, thank God that you admitted to that because I haven't either and I feel really bad about it. It's, it's just the fact that I've been meaning to mm-hmm. and I just don't know where to start. So I feel like <laughs> I started with High Life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, from, from everything I've understood, even before watching High Life, I mean, she's a big, you know, provocateur kind of filmmaker and, um, it, it's not an easy place to start anywhere. I don't think within her filmography from what I understand. And so, yeah, there's never really a good entry point. And yeah, I just, none of her other films, I'd always, you know, I'd been aware of her as, as a filmmaker that, that people really enjoyed or hated, you know, just one of those kind of filmmakers, but I had certainly not seen any of her other movies and, uh, I'm very interested in going back and starting to watch some of them now. Yeah, me too. I definitely feel like it's, it's, she's one of these filmmakers that I feel you just want to go back and and have a look at or like how they've reached this point with the, you know, with like the latest film, how did they get here? And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, like you say, it's, it's, I what makes this person too? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to work out. So yeah, (laughs) it's, yeah, I did high life. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's uh, let's start jumping into high life. What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Okay, so this first puzzle piece is um, Upstream Color. Um, I don't know if you know this film. I I don't know if many people know it. I, I it's a really weird film. Like trying to describe the plot of this movie is really hard to do in like two sentences but mm-hmm. it's apparently it is a film where there's a, a man and a woman who are sort of a, they never really are named and they're drawn together and by this sort of weird uh like worm that gets inserted into one of, of both of them i think uh, and then they, they sort of lose their sense of identity and then they begin to their lives sort of begin to fall apart, but they become connected to each other. And I get that it's not the set, there's the idea that it's not set in space, this film, but it is a science fiction film and it's very sort of non linear, like non linear 
like narrative. It's very ambiguous. There's it's very sort of surreal moments in the movie, and there's the themes of like life and death and identity, uh, and there's you know this art house um, independent film, uh, and I feel like High Life has a lot of that. Like it's very sort of a film that you can't really describe the plot all that well in in two sentences um like trying to describe what really happens in it and not give away too much information and also the, the way that it's sort of dealing with themes of life and death and um has this really ambiguous ending as well it just reminded me so much of upstream color it sounds really interesting. I have not seen Upstream Color. Um, and yeah, I mean, that sounds like the kind of uh, just really weird, brainy sci-fi that uh, that really like messes with you a little bit and uh, and becomes very difficult to um, to really, you know, discern what what exactly is going on. What are the messages involved? But that there there are clearly things that are being said, you know. Yeah, and I think it's very much a visual film where there's a, not very much dialogue. And I feel like High, High Life is a film that almost you could take away all of the dialogue and you would almost still follow the movie. Yeah. <laughs> even though, like, I don't know whether you would even be able to follow it more without the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think you're actually very right there. I think that this movie would work pretty well without, mm. without the dialogue. I, I think, you know, it, it really is about, uh, it, it's almost an experiment. Uh, you know, it's obviously an experiment on the characters, but then the movie itself is almost very much like watching an experiment unfold and seeing what happens. Mm. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I have not seen upstream color, but, uh, you know, the way you're talking about it kind of, I, I think I'm going to go to this one puzzle piece first. Uh, and this one, you know, every once in a while on the show, we'll have a puzzle piece that really is too new to have uh, truly inspired the movie. Uh, but I still, you know, will sometimes want to bring one up anyway, even though it's so new. Uh, and that is this year's Climax uh, from uh, Gaspar yes. Noe. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously it couldn't have possibly inspired the movie, but I think it comes from the same kind of a place of putting these people in this just crazy situation and watching as they kind of, they, they lose, you know, a little bit of what makes them human. And they're kind of just breaking down to almost animal, you know, instincts. Um, and it's really just interesting. I, I think, and we did an episode on Climax, and, uh, you know, we talked about whether or not Gaspar Noe really uh, had any meaning behind any of it, or if we're just kind of putting the meaning onto it after the fact. Uh, I do think Claire Denis is uh, trying to say things with High Life, whereas Gaspar Noe, I think, was just trying to do something really weird and crazy, and uh, whatever happens, happens. Um, so it's definitely two different kinds of places, but both stemming from the idea of let's put people through just awfulness and see what happens to them. You know? Yeah, I definitely got, I was thinking of Climax while I was watching High Life, and in terms of just like the idea of this isolation and yeah. not being able to escape from somewhere. Although in Climax, they kind of can escape, but they won't get very far. Right, right. Literally in High Life, they would get 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not not going anywhere. Um, And, you know, another thing I didn't mention that the two also kind of share is um, just like a hyper violence and a hyper sexualized Mm -hmm. violence. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, a a lot of and they're they're done in very different ways, but there's still uh, there's still a lot of that. And that goes back to what I was saying about like the bringing people to like a somewhat animalistic you know, uh, mindset and th- there ends up being a lot of violence against women and it's handled in different ways. Um, but it- it's there in both films. Yeah. I found like in, in climax, the violence to me was, uh, very hard to watch, but in, in high life, I found it even worse in a way. Yes. I-, I don't know whether that was, because it was a female director, so maybe they were, especially like the the violence towards the female characters was a lot more shocking for me. And mm-hmm. I think perhaps maybe because you know it's a female director, they might see it for what it is really. Um, right. But they're both really like films where the violence just almost comes out of nowhere. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you're dreading it. But you, when it does come, you, it doesn't come at a point where you expect it to come. Almost right, right, yeah. It's very unpredictable and very, uh, and and that that keeps you very unsettled. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's an unsettling tone between both movies, and honestly, I think uh, a few of my other puzzle pieces are going to have an unsettling tone along the way. So <laughs> this is a very unsettling movie, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you uh, what do you have for your next puzzle piece? Talking about unsettling films, uh, mm-hmm. I go with 2014's Under the Skin. Mm. Um, have you seen Under the Skin? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a really weird movie, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think for me, the reason why I put this on my list was the moment I see um, uh, th- Robert Patterson's character um dropping this is it a spanner or a wrench um when he's making repairs to the spacecraft um Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the film and it just falls into nothingness and it kind of reminded me like in under the skin when they go to this sort of alien spaceship and it's all this it's almost like nothingness there and like how she seduces the men and they all sort of um break apart and they're this like, I don't want to give too much away about Under the Skin because it's really also another film that's really hard to sort of describe as well. Like, it's oh, such yeah. a visual movie, like with High Life as well. Uh, but it's just that, that idea of just there is nothing. Uh, and the sort of these characters, are very, like, you see their sort of mortality, like, one false move and especially in high life if he slips and falls that's it he's he's just gone yeah yeah absolutely he's just disappeared into nothing into nothingness and and that that creates such a uh such a tension of, of such a, a different kind of a horror and uh but combined with this more um uh, psychological horror of things that are happening on the ship it's just two different kind of horrors that like mesh together in 
in a way in a movie that's not even really a horror movie so <laughs> it's yeah. like um, it leads to yeah. a lot of uh unsettling feeling well, i i looked up the uh, before i sort of watched high life i was looking at it and trying to find out some more information and people describe it describe it as a horror film but i don't know it's not like the standard horror film yeah. it's like is it a horror film but i think it it is but it, it's it's not like a slasher movie or anything. It's psychological horror. And I feel like Under the Skin has that sort of psychological horror aspect to it. But again, it's also a film that has a lot to do with sex. Yes. And seduction. And that is something that happens in high life quite a bit. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of very disturbing scenes related to that. <laughs> um. Well, I, I'm going to go with another puzzle piece, and I'm sure we're going to get back to a lot of that as we're going through all of our puzzle pieces. Um, but, you know, obviously the main draw for this movie, for me, uh, having not seen Claire Denis' other films, was Robert Pattinson, you know, uh, coming off, you know, uh, Good Time, which I think is one of the best movies of this decade. Um, his performance, just incredible. Uh, my first puzzle piece... Uh, well, actually, my second puzzle piece, but is uh, Moon uh, oh, with yes. Sam Rockwell on an isolated spaceship and uh, well, on the moon, actually, not uh, you know, space station, I guess. What do you call that? A station moon, on a moon. Moon base. Moon base. There you go. <laughs> That's what it's called. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, I I felt like the world uh, that Robert Pattinson is is uh, inhabiting uh, on this base. Uh, on his ship is very kind of similar in a way to uh, to Moon's reality. I, I think it's um, it, you know it's it's futuristic, but it's not super futuristic. Um, it, it's very tied to um, modern technology mixed with a, a little bit in the future technology. It's also very well spelled out what his daily life is. There's just there's so much uh, there's so much. I guess you would say world building, but there's so much, uh, you really kind of get the sense of, you know, what this character's daily life is like on that, on that ship. And, uh, that all adds to another, uh, amazing Robert Pattinson performance really, because, uh, you know, watching him, I, I almost like his scenes when he gets to be alone and just, you know, him and the baby just, you know, living it out on the, on the ship almost more than the rest of the movie when he's, uh, you know, has to interact with all these other people uh, just because he's so just uh, so interesting. He's such an interesting performer and just, you know, watching him and the way that him and the baby are just living. It's, there's so much, uh, it's such an interesting sci-fi portrayal is basically what I'm saying. And that was how I always used to feel about Moon as well back when that first came out. I, I love that movie. Yeah, I really love that movie too. And I think for me, I, with High Life, I really wanted more of those scenes. Yeah. I just like, uh, that's what I felt was more interesting. Like, I, I don't get me wrong, I love all this sort of how the, the prisoners fall apart and how this situation has happened, why he's alone. But for me, the film could have been, could have taken a real different direction. Mm. But I don't know, like, 
would have would people really wanted to watch when you have a, a, ba- a when you have a baby actor Ch- as good as that baby you might as well you know get 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 your money's worth <laughs> yeah. out of that baby <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's true that's true um well what do you got for your next puzzle piece Uh, yeah so my next one is a um a film called sunshine um Mm. from 2007 directed by danny boyle and this reason again kind of like you know with moon uh in terms of like the technology you were saying like it's it's some you you believe it you know like it's not far-fetched sort of star trek type of technology you know with like um <laughs> faster than light sort of jump speed and all that sort of stuff this is feels very sort of organic in a way you mm-hmm. know like um you can picture like in a few years this is probably what it's going to be like it's, you know being in space uh but sunshine again i the reason i sort of picked this is in high life there is a sort of mission of them there's to, to, to go and um, look at this black hole mm-hmm. and observe it and, and find an energy source, isn't it? It's all very vague, I think, but it, there's a sense that this is a suicide mission and there's sure. really no coming back from this. Um, in Sunshine, it is, a, again, a suicide mission for um, to try and save the dying sun, Um uh, with a device that sort of is like a atomic bomb, they're going to right. <laughs> take a bomb and, and throw it at the sun. But um, there's a a previous mission that's gone to to do the same thing, but they failed. But they, they the the ship meets up with that mission, and you get a sense that people went mad on the earlier ship, and and went ended up killing each other, and that's happens in high life is people go mad on a spaceship uh so as well i think i read something quite interesting about high life that um the director consulted with real life scientists about the effects of being near a black hole and Mm -hmm. real science was something that uh, boyle um looked at and spoke to uh, scientist brian cox about so there's again a lot of like blending of science fiction and science fact which i really like about that so i thought that was interesting that both movies did that yeah sunshine is a film that i think not enough people have seen oh yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's a very unsettling film and uh it's it's odd as well and by the way you know speaking of black holes it was it was crazy that we got our first look at a black hole the same week that this movie hit theaters which was pretty damn cool and coincidental i'm sure that they were (laughs) psyched about that (laughs) and you know what one other thing um about about sunshine as a puzzle piece and i I haven't seen it in a long time i don't recall but do we ever get to see or hear from the people who are you know uh who started that mission, like, like who sent them on that mission. Cause I think that's one of the interesting things about, about high life is that, you know, we, we know what their mission is, but we don't know really who sent them there. Like we, we don't ever get to see them, uh, telling, you know, like explaining the mission or anything. We're only getting the mission 
uh, information from these people who are stuck and, like you said, on a suicide mission. Um, and the psychological effects of that, uh, you know, another thing that adds to that creepiness. Mm, I, I can't really recall in Sunshine. But there's mm. definitely, like, an uh, idea of, like, they're really out there and there's nobody right right there's like that's it that's just them and i think as well finding the abandoned ship um reminded yeah. like in high life they find an abandoned ship with all these dogs <laughs> yeah. and i just want to know like like were there humans on board that ship or was it just dogs uh, i like to think it was just dogs um <laughs> i i have this feeling that the humans died and the dogs ate yeah. them like <laughs> I don't know, but the idea of just finding a something really scary about that to me, like out of all the things in space travel, but like just coming across an empty vessel. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's super creepy, and I like to think that I would uh, be really excited because I love dogs so much, and like <laughs> I would be like, oh, I get to see some dogs finally. But but yeah, I mean, it is really really creepy. Like when <laughs> you step foot and there's just a bunch of snarling dogs and a bunch of dead ones. Yeah. I, I, Speaking of which, actually, that's another thing about this movie, the violence against dogs, yeah. um, you know, along with the violence against women. I mean, it, you know, it, it's really kind of digging into things that we don't normally, you know, want to see violence against in movies. You know? Yeah. I felt really uncomfortable and I, I just wanted, I was like, Oh, please. I can't. I it was being, I was more upset about the dogs, really. Oh, way. yeah, of course. Me like, too. And the puppies. Oh, yeah, me too. It's uh, like, so, come on, take a puppy back. You could do, do it. Do you think they had toys on that ship? Uh, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Before this gets too too silly, uh, I will <laughs> jump in with another puzzle piece. Um, it's another sci-fi film, uh, one that you know deals with the importance of uh, trying to make and protect a baby. That's Children of Men. Ah, oh, um, uh, I really nearly put this on my list, and I yeah. didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought this up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, uh, you know, I really the the ship's you know purpose uh you know aside from the black hole also they they seem to have and i'm not quite sure if it was their initial purpose or if it's just something they came up with while they were up there but it seems like that the doctor uh played by julia pinoch uh has decided that they want to try to make a baby that can withstand radiation while they're up there and uh so making a baby becomes like this huge thing and it becomes her you know her whole mission um to do that and then once that baby is there and everybody else has gone nuts and is dead i mean it's it, you know robert pattinson wants to you know keep this baby safe and and alive and it becomes a you know a personal uh, personal mission for himself after the fact after it's already uh here and uh yeah I, I think that 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 same drive for humanity uh that children of men has and you know it's interesting too these these people being uh you know that them being incarcerated for you know seemingly all very violent offenses i believe is what's implied i'm not sure if it's specifically stated uh that they're all violent criminals um but you know that 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 act of uh of you know raising a child becoming a way to bring back humanity mm. 
I th- yeah, I, the more that you say, I have a feeling that that wasn't even like the actual mission. I feel like she made that up. Right. Like, I just have this feeling that she's just, she's just like, I need to pass the time. How can I do this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, here's, this is definitely your mission, guys. Trust me. You know, I, I've spoken to people. <laughs> it just seems a bit like, mm, she kind of reminded me of like a Dr. Frankenstein type of oh, character. Yeah. Plus, she called herself a witch, and witches need babies for their special potions and brews and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> where, is it, where else is she going to get a baby for her next potion? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we should mention real quick before moving on to the next puzzle piece, um, she's amazing as well, uh, along with Robert Pattinson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she is just super crazy, just very what a performance and you know obviously there's the uh the sex room in which a lot of people are talking about when it comes to this movie that seems to be all anybody talks about which is why i wasn't really even bringing it up yet but you kind of have to mention it at least a little bit along the way yeah i felt like there's so much about that character like to to unpick and she like when we find out why she's been you know, um, jailed, mm-hmm. and it's it's just done in sort of almost like matter of fact way. She's, you know, it's just such a unsettling thing when you look at this person and you think, "Wow, this she really is dangerous." Like <laughs> she's probably like out of all the people on on board that ship, you know, you're the one that you really don't want her on there like oh yeah absolutely yeah she she's she and she plays it just so well she's so frightening (laughs) weird for for what should be uh a a generally in charge character you know but like i guess uh there's a little bit of a uh, uh a little bit of a commentary on on uh authority you know, her being an authority figure and, and these being, you know, prisoners, they, you know, the, in a regular prison situation, their authority figure is going to be someone who they, they, you know, don't like. But in this one, in this particular situation, it's not just don't like, it's, uh, it's they should be absolutely fearful of because she's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is actually, this is a perfect sort of segue into my next puzzle piece. Okay. Um, so my next puzzle piece is the Stanford Prison Experiment, um, mm. which is a movie uh, on the famous social experiment um, of, I believe the movie came out in 2015, but the uh, Stanford uh, Prison Experiment was uh, this um, <laughs> experiment where they had uh, like volunteers who uh some were going to be um, prison guards and some were going to be prisoners. And it was sort of to see the psychological effects of uh, perceived power. Um, and it was meant to go on for about two weeks. And I think they cancelled it. And they, like it got so extreme that they, was it five days? I don't even know if it was five days. It You know, these prisoners were then like, tortured in a way like the the power really went to the other volunteers head really and they started losing their humanity and i feel like really high life is 
you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if it turned out it was all just a social experiment and you know, they weren't really on a spaceship, you know, just to, it was all just an experiment to see how the the effects of um, being in, like, pa- having power, like, corrupts people. So sure. um, I definitely got that and I just thought, like, the movie of it is really great. I think it stars, it's got Adam Driver in it, I believe. Yeah, I just brought it up right here. I, I can't believe I don't remember this movie because it's only a few years old. I need to seek this one out because uh, it, it sounds really good, really crazy. Yeah, the actual, because I studied sociology uh, at college mm. as, well, oh, as well as film, uh, but um, the actual, <laughs> like, the experiment is just when you read up and you find out like what happened to you know between the guards and the prisoners and they the guards really went quite crazy like um <laughs> making the prisoners like um taking away all their food locking them up and the thing was this was just supposed to be a bit of fun and a bit like a just a harmless university experiment and it got to the point where, like, you, there's no way you could get away with it now. It was obviously in the 70s where everything went in the 70s. Uh, sure. So, yeah, it's a very famous experiment, and they've done a great film of it, but um, definitely thought, like, I had this sort of feeling like, is high life going to be, like, is the twist going to be, like, I just thought, like, there has to be a twist. And I was like, is it going to be that? It's just experiment. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. It's not real. They're not really in space, but I definitely got that sort of vibe from it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I thought for sure that there was going to be something like that at one point, um, or or at least some kind of, uh, you know, oh, there was actually like a you know a hidden separate reason that they didn't realize they were there or, or something like that. But but yeah, and then it just goes in directions you wouldn't really. <laughs> expect but um but yeah no i I, i'd love that you're bringing that up though for for a puzzle piece uh i i was trying to think of movies where you know uh you know social experiments are done on on prisoners and i couldn't really think of one uh so i'm definitely glad you brought that one up uh and it's it's interesting uh this movie dealing with uh you know the effects of incarceration and like you know seeing seeing just you know it, it it's definitely a commentary that's very you know current you know especially a lot of uh politics you know talking about the prison system and and the reform that's really needed in the prison system and all that and uh it, it's not very difficult to imagine a future where you know awful things like this are done to to prisoners who maybe you know maybe didn't do all that much to really be in prison in the first place my concern is what did those dogs do um <laughs> They were bad dogs. Uh, so I will go with another puzzle piece here. Um, and this one kind of goes along with the last one with, uh, with children of men. Uh, and, uh, that is the road, um, which, you know, is more of a story about a father and daughter survival, uh, you know, a a wasteland type of, uh, post-apocalyptic situation. Uh, whereas in this case, once we get through all of the, uh, the flashbacks showing us, you know, what exactly happened to this spaceship, 
uh, we're left with Robert Pattinson and his daughter now grown up on the spaceship and just trying to, in this really, you know, awful situation that's, uh, there's really no hope, but still trying to give her something of a life uh, on that spaceship. And again, we, we were both kind of, uh, you know, touching on this earlier. Um, I almost wish we could get more of it, you know, uh, as, as good as a lot of the rest of the movie was, um, that, that stuff is really, it's heartbreaking, but beautifully done. Uh, you know, really great performance by Robert Pattinson and the, the girl who plays the daughter does a wonderful job, you know, and both the, uh, baby daughter and grown up, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> both do great jobs. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's just really, really, when you think about it, the fact that he's raising, this daughter knowing that there's no, and raising her so well, knowing that there's no chance of, you know, a future is, uh, it's very heartbreaking and very, um, you know, very beautiful at the same time. And I think The Road, yeah, is a, another film that has a really bleak ending. Yes. And depending on how you read it, like, it's a happy ending, but at the same time, you, you think it ha- they're not really going to last that long, like... Uh, really um yeah and high life is a film where it's like yeah what is going to happen to them like yeah they're gonna go through this black hole and um nobody like time there's a theory that time stops once you go through a black hole and you're just falling and falling for eternity Mm -hmm. and that's more frightening to me than actually um (laughs) just being turned into spaghetti um, which is what <laughs> happens in the film like it's just like blah uh, so I feel like the idea of just yeah just like both those films there's no really good outcome <laughs> that's the thing about space space is uh, a little dangerous <laughs> yeah this is why I just yeah I'm not going to space ever so no, no space. Not, on, not on your to-do list no uh, definitely not <laughs> Okay, good. You're still going to stick around and just watch movies here on here on Earth. Yeah, it's probably the safest type of yeah. thing for me. Yeah, especially after watching High Life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, what do you got for your next puzzle piece? So my next puzzle piece is kind of like what you were sort of touching upon in terms of like um, like this idea of. Uh, isolation and uh, and children being brought up in isolation and um sort of being cut off from the world uh this is a quite of an unusual one so bear with me but mm-hmm. i'm going with the 2009 film dogtooth um by uh yorgos latimos uh director of the favorite um and this film is about uh, a controlling a father who locks his three adult children um, in their house so they just remain as children really even though they're adults so they act childish and uh, they haven't been outside of their house they don't really they have this really sheltered way of life and you know there's bits where they ask questions and I think there's a funny bit where um, I can't remember exactly what it is but they say a word and the mother says uh, well, uh, she picks up a fork and she says, oh, this is what it is, you know, like, so they don't really know anything about 
the world outside of these walls. And I got this feeling like when I was watching High Life, especially with the puppies, and she's really she really wants to have a puppy that that you know uh, Robert Pattinson, her father, finds. And I think like this is a child who has been brought up in a ship. She's never seen a, another animal like. Uh, she's never seen another human being, only in their image. And now she's seeing them and she's really lived a sheltered life that's like she's still sharing a bed with him. Um, she's like in her, I guess, late teens. Mm. Um, so there's really sort of like this taboo sort of situation on there. And it's like how she's spoken away as well as kind of she acts like she, kind of childish in her speaking. And I feel like. They really could have gone down a really different path of like their relationship. Luckily, the film didn't go down that way, and I was grateful uh-huh. that it did. But I was just getting this really sort of like, yeah, if you, you know, this is a girl who's kind of reminded me a lot of like the 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 people in Dogtooth, like how she acted, and um, I just had that sort of. I just wanted to get in there, and it's a really interesting film. So I do oh, sort yeah. of recommend people going to to seek that one out, but not set in space, though. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think going going with what you were just talking about, though, with the way that uh, that she is raised and the way that uh, you know she's you know very kind of childish, um, and I I think it it it's really interesting. Actually, it makes a lot of sense because you know Robert Pattinson's character is the only one around to to raise her. I mean, he's probably a fairly stunted emotionally uh you know personality um you know being the you know the kind of criminal back on earth that he was um and so it kind of i feel like it would almost make sense that he wouldn't be uh you know he wouldn't really have all the tools necessary to raise her even though he did a pretty good job yeah yeah and i think as well like you would run out of things to say eventually, wouldn't you? Sure. <laughs> How's the weather today? Um, there's no weather. We're in space. Oh, okay. Remember that time we killed everyone else on the ship? Oh, that was great. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Space is uh, space is a bitch. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I only have one more puzzle piece, um, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And... Uh, it is one that comes up a lot of times when dealing with outer space movies, and that is 2001, uh, Stanley Kubrick's film. Uh, you know, it's it, a matter of searching for big answers in outer space. Um, I mean, really, it, I think it comes back to that a lot of the time when, you know, dealing with any movie that's looking for, you know, big kind of answers, asking big questions and all doing it within the 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 setting of outer space and a spaceship, um, it, it's kind of hard for it to not show up on on a list of puzzle pieces uh, w- when dealing with that kind of a smart sci-fi film. Uh, and then, of course, also, even though uh, Claire Denise doesn't go all the way uh, crazy with it, we do get some pretty wild uh, visuals towards the end with the, the black holes and all that. And, of course, we've got someone sort of higher in, in the like power and authority um with how you know um this sure. sort of super intelligent um well he's obviously a computer but he's someone you feel like you should trust 
and rely on and then he goes crazy so yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely you know another thing about that computer um and i forget if i read this as a theory or if it was something that claire denis actually said uh specifically um but the idea that his logs aren't actually going anywhere um is just a bit of a mind fuck and it really is uh it just adds a whole another layer to it that i think is very disturbing yeah when you think like how far away they are and the distance like they are away from planet earth like is it yeah. is there even a planet earth there anymore like right is anyone yeah. actually like <laughs> are they just thinking like okay we'd those people are probably dead now. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, They're just long gone. Yeah, that's that really like frightens me. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just just the film has left me feeling really sort of <laughs> like <laughs> like feeling very human. Um Yeah. Uh huh. But that's what I love about it. It's so great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, do you have uh, any other puzzle pieces left? Yeah, I have. And so, I have a couple more, but uh, one of the ones that really sort of uh, stuck out to me is a little bit of a happier film. Is Interstellar? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, really for again the sort of father daughter relationship. Like, I sure. think we get that with High Life. Um, it's definitely like a, a bond that they have and really there's I get the sense that there's not like he really would do whatever it takes to look after her and, and protect her. The same with Absolutely. like um, you know, uh Cooper and uh Murph um mm-hmm. in, in Interstellar, like he travels uh, across like time and dimension and just to to get back to her and the visual effects as well um uh like we were saying like high life doesn't a lot of the time is spent on the ship but mm-hmm. towards the end we do get some beautiful like visuals of of the black hole and yeah. it reminded me quite a lot of like they with with interstellar in that respect and i think as well another thing again is the fact that um the you know nolan also consulted with real scientists and a lot of stuff in high life there is a lot of real science behind that um so again i i just like the way that um directors go out their way to to try and get the put the real science in into their movies like for me that just shows like the level of attention to detail Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I think that she really, uh, she was really like I think <laughs> if you're gonna go and make your 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 crazy outer space fever dream, like I think you could have easily just you know just said whatever you know whatever looks cool looks cool, but it, it seems like she really decided to go and try to you know ground this thing in a little bit of science, which you know, kind of just adds to the creepiness factor when it comes down to it. Um, yeah. Because the, the more like, realistic you can get it in this, like, horrifying situation, the creepier it's going to be. Yeah, I think it makes it just that little bit worse for me is knowing that this is, like, 
this isn't just something that's been made up. This is like space can do this to you. So <laughs> like maybe we shouldn't be going to space, you know, I'm right, just saying. Right. <laughs> just maybe, <laughs> just maybe. <laughs> so you said you had uh, one more? Yeah. Um, well, this is just pretty much uh, two films by Lars von Trier. Um, you either love him or you hate him. Um, or you like me, you'd love to hate him. Um, but the films that I were reminded of um, were Antichrist and A Nymphomaniac. Just in mm. terms of the the sex scenes, uh, because we've sort of discussed in high life. There's a <laughs> there's a very um, interesting room on that spaceship. Um, yes, uh, and you do get some real sort of. It's really like just like a scene where you just like, I can't believe this is I'm watching this. Uh, it's, yeah, absolutely. And you think that really reminded me of how Lars von Trier sort of films his sex scenes, especially with this like slow motion. It's like hypnotic to watch, um, very heightened. Uh, uh, I guess really for me, uh, again with like. Antichrist and, and Nymphomania, that those scenes are very uncomfortable to watch at the same time. The characters going mad as well in an isolated um, setting is a major theme in Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. People talk about, uh, you know, the difference between like the male gaze and the female gaze. Um, I'm not sure which gaze we're getting here, even though it's a female director, but in that scene, uh, it's just kind of something all its own, I think, which I, I think really kind of uh, speaks to the originality of this film. Um, you know, it, it's not exactly what I would, if I was to, you know, like speak to what I think a, uh, you know, a, a crazy masturbation sex room on an outer space space station spaceship would look like uh, coming from a male director or a female female director. I don't think it would be either of those. This is just so its own thing, the way that it's shot. Um, and uh, I, I think that speaks loudly to just <laughs> how weird this movie is. Yeah, it's definitely original. It's definitely original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a very, very disturbing uh, rape scene later as well with with Julia Binoche and Robert Pattinson, um, which, uh, again, I, I mean, it's like it kind of transcends any kind of uh, expectations of what you would see in, in, in a movie. And it's just something very, very different. I mean, you know, I brought up, uh, you know, earlier Gaspar Noe and, you know, there's his irreversible rape scene that, you know, people always talk about, but this is just so different. Um, it's just, again, it's just, it's its own thing. And it's so very, very differently done in a way that you really haven't seen before. I don't think. Yeah. I just like, you really don't want to shake her hand after watching yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, great performance. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I think that brings us to our finished puzzle then, and then we'll get into any uh, final thoughts we have on High Life. Uh, but the finished puzzle includes Upstream Color, Climax, Under the Skin, Moon, Sunshine, Children of Men, The Stanford Prison Experiment, the Road, Dogtooth, 2001, Interstellar, and Antichrist and Nymphomaniac. So uh, 
you know, with that said, um, you know, I'll I'll jump in with with my first uh, uh, closing thought, and then if you have any as well. Um, but the the thing, and I had kind of joked about this on Twitter as well. But I think it's so funny, you know, coming off of Good Time for Robert Pattinson. Uh, if you change like two lines of dialogue and the character's name to Connie, this could be a very very strange sequel to Good Time. <laughs> I mean, who knows what happens to Connie when he gets taken away in that cop car afterwards? It, oh, yeah, it's that's possible. That's true. That's so yeah. true. And also, like, I think the weird druggy tripping type of thing. This could just all be a bad trip for him. Oh yeah, that's true too. That is absolutely <laughs> true. And and uh, you know, really though, I mean, joking aside, Robert Pattinson, I he is probably. At this point, I would say, and I mean, it's only a few movies, but he is he's kind of joined that ranks of like, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next as an actor. He's just one of the most exciting actors out right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would just say like Mia Goff um, oh, as well. And it's also nearly yeah. like had Suspiria on my list in terms of like yeah. tone and uh just surrealness and that idea of like just people losing their humanity and, and oh yeah again the witchness like witchcraft and stuff going on there but she's brilliant in this and he's definitely like i felt like the character seemed most human to me in a lot of ways yeah which is weird because she is such a just a, a strange performer. I mean, she she picks these roles where she gets to be so so weird and have such a strange presence, and so and for her to have so much humanity in that strangeness is, uh, you know, it speaks a lot to that performance. Yeah, uh, it's I I really like. I haven't seen her in much, but the mm. like what I have seen her in is she's like very impressive. And Robert Patterson, like Twilight, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like ancient history at this point he is the new he is now our pats yeah and uh Amazing. yeah he rocks um and you know one other thing about mia goth um i would love to see her just totally mess with everybody's expectations and just straight up do a romantic comedy next oh my gosh i was just thinking the same thing like it would it would come completely out of nowhere who would see that coming yeah i think that she's <sighs> got like this she's almost like a chameleon like you know yeah. can just sort of go into any role <laughs> yeah she she is she's an interesting character i i i'm very i i you're right i'm very much looking forward to seeing what else she does with this career because i mean so far i've only seen her in a few things but she is very very unique uh in her presence and i'm very much looking forward to seeing more from her and seeing more Claire Denis. I have to go back and watch some of her movies. I'm excited as well. Like, you know, when I sort of, um, when you find a director like that and you watch one of the, one of their films and you think, I'm like, I need to go back and watch the rest of your, like, cinematography to see what you've done. Like, and I was just thinking, like, I don't know very many women that have tackled the sci-fi genre or, or film right. set in space and she's come and d delivered something that is so highly original and not really like uh, anything else i mean we've obviously given our puzzle pieces but mm -hmm. most of mine were just mostly on mood 
uh, and sure and you know my reaction and but there weren't anything similar in plot or characters or anything to do with high life because it's truly something that it is the most original film of this year and i don't think oh, yeah. there's anything that can top it <laughs> i i think you're absolutely correct um well you know i think that about does it uh as we always do uh do you have anything you watched recently you'd like to uh recommend oh a gosh recently 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 i watch a lot of documentaries i'm a huge sort of documentary nerd is probably the best way to put it if you could be a Mm -hmm. nerd of documentary um but i would like to just recommend one uh, that I've watched recently, which I think people should go and seek out if they get a chance. And it is a really good sort of documentary called Dirtbag. Um, mm. If anyone is a fan of um, you know, free solo and, and rock climbing, I'm, I actually go rock climbing myself. Um, this one is about um, uh, the, a, rock, a famous rock climber called uh, Freddie Becky. Uh, who is uh, spent his sort of years just roaming America, climbing all the mountains that he could find, uh, and he was really sort of uh, living on the fringes of society. He just drifted from one place to the next, and it is just sort of telling his story. Um, and he was like eighty or ninety years old and still rock climbing. So it's like we're talking about like characters who are larger than life, like amazing. Uh, And it's a really sort of great, if you're looking for something after free solo and you're still obsessed with rock climbing, this is a documentary (laughs) for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i because yeah i mean i did not expect to like free solo as much as i did and it was just amazing so uh that sounds great that sounds really interesting um right on well uh b where could uh people find your work um well you can find my work at filmotomy i'm always writing on there um i've just written a piece about eighth grade um so that's a I'm looking at generation Z. Um, so. Yeah, that's definitely something to check out and uh, uh, also write for Ready Steady Cut and Jump Cut as well. So definitely check check those two sites out as well. Uh, and well, Filmotomy, we do our podcasts. So yeah, you can always catch me and I'm always on film Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Great. Well, uh, again, thanks so much for being here and uh Maybe uh, maybe next time we have you on, it won't be such a crazy movie, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> maybe it'll be a romantic <laughs> comedy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is Todd from iHeartGeek. We believe that anything you're passionate about is geek. And if you are a geek, you are family here. We record once a week and would love to have you join in our conversations. You can get hold of us at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Use the .com we paid extra for. It. You can get us at Twitter at iheartgeekshow, and you can always search us on our Facebook page as well. And keep on geeking on. 
You know, something just hit me while I was editing the episode, and that is that we recorded this before Robert Pattinson became Robert Pattinson. That's right. Robert Pattinson is the new Batman, and the internet lost its fucking mind when that was announced um, because the internet's stupid, and the internet doesn't know that it's been like 10 years since the uh, Twilight movies and... He has become one of the best actors working today in Hollywood. And uh, if you're not excited for anything coming up with Robert Pattinson in it, you're out of your mind. You really should be excited for every new Robert Pattinson role, as I am and I know B is. So anyway, uh, grow up internet <laughs> so that's the end of our high life episode i uh, hope you enjoyed it if you did you can uh, rate and review us on apple podcasts and of course make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts you can also share us with your friends that would be amazing if you did that uh join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces and also follow us on social media at piecing pod we got a lot more episodes coming your way. We got some special episodes coming your way. We just have so much more piecing it together coming your way. So I am going to close this thing up with a piece of music, as I always do. And, you know, my first thought would have been to play The Void because it goes along with the whole High Life theme. But uh, I think I just played that recently with some other space-related movie. Um, so I'm going to play another piece of music. And you know what? Here's one I definitely have never played before. It's a track called Pulse from a video game, um, a game called Breaker Breaker that I actually designed myself. And actually, another co-host of the show uh, did the programming for it, uh, Ryan Darty. But um, yeah, uh, this kind of has a bit of a spacey vibe to it, so I think it would be a nice fit for this episode. This, of course, is not available anywhere except for in the game. Um, but I may eventually make a little compilation of songs that were made for games uh, and put that out there. I mean, why not? This music is just sitting around on my computer, and it should be listened to. So... <laughs> I think I might have to get around to doing that one of these days. So anyway, this song is called Pulse. Enjoy it, and we will be back with more Piecing It Together soon.
and all points west. Thank you.